Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's podcast, how to create a simple behavioral interview question. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome back to Manager Tool. Today, Mark and I are going to talk about how to create a simple behavioral interview question. Now, we believe that behavioral interviewing is the best systemic form of interviewing evaluation a manager can use. Really, there's nothing that even comes close. Sure, there are those who think testing is important, and we don't disagree. But we also think that a professional manager can, with time and an effective interview process, approximate what amounts to a test of any candidate that is reasonably certain to be an accurate predictor of future success question, of course, is how? Well, there are two ways. One is to use the Manager Tools interview creation tool, which we're getting ready to roll out to premium members not too far in the distant future. And with that, you answer about 100 questions on a scale of 1 to 5 in about 45 minutes, and you get an interview printed out immediately afterwards that is so good some managers will actually cry about it. (laughs) Believe me. The other way is to use the simple model described in this cast. It works, and it's absolutely free. Here we go. I love that we're giving this cast away, even though it kind of in a way competes with our rollout of the uh, interview creation tool coming up. Me too, partner. The interview tool is well worth the premium content subscription. It creates nearly perfect questions for you, and it gives you guidance on evaluating the answers, as well as other benefits. Um, but, but for those managers who can't afford the $15 a month, this is a great basic start. I'd be fine if every manager started using behavioral interviews and no one subscribed to premium content for that tool. I think it'd be a mistake, but I'd be fine with it if everybody started using behavioral interviews. Yeah. Well, we're not here to make money. We're here to help managers. And since hiring is the most important thing a manager does, and by the way, is anyone ever going to write me a note and tell me they finally heard me say what surely they've been waiting for, what the most important thing a manager does is? You'd think so. This is one of those Hall of Fame casts, I have to say. I have a friend with whom every once in a while one of us... um, a response to an email with HOF, uh, the abbreviation for the Baseball Hall of Fame. This is one of those casts, folks. I have a feeling here, if I don't steer you into the cast details, you're going to start talking about baseball. Too late. I already have. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. Um, here's the cast. Five parts. First, how a simple behavioral interview question sounds. Two, the three parts of a simple behavioral interview question and why they are the parts or how they work. And then the final three parts are how to create part one, which is the lead, how to create part two, which is the question, and then how to create part three, which is simply the behavior. Okay. So how does a simple behavioral question sound? I love those softball questions. Look, a simple behavioral interview question has three parts, as we've suggested, right? The lead, the question, and the behavior you're looking for. Put it all together, and it sounds like this, quote, Sometimes we have to provide service to a difficult person. Tell me about a time when you serve someone whom others might have described as difficult. That question has all three parts, and it's the use of the three-step building process that makes creating it a simple, pretty straightforward exercise. 
Okay, well, I hope most folks who are listening want to take their interviewing skills up a couple notches, five notches or more. Um, and and I, I think most folks are probably thinking, wow, that's pretty simple. It feels like there's not much to it, but that's part of its beauty because there is a lot to it. So so let's talk about the three parts of a simple behavioral question and why. Okay, the three parts we've already given away. Again, the lead, the question, and the behavior. Before we describe how to build the overall question, I think it helps a great deal to explain why they're in the question. And before I do that, I just want to admit I have a confession about this cast. Usually, with these multiple part descriptions, I have a favorite part, whether I share it or not. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, There just often seems to be a part of the whole that everything tends to turn on or that excellence in one area has an outsized influence on the total result. It's not always so, and sometimes I just like the thinking in one particular area. But in this case, with this cast, I can honestly say that I like all three parts equally. They fit together beautifully. They all serve their purpose very elegantly, very simply, I think. And, and, and basically, they give a synergy that you can't get on, I don't think, any other way. Any question without any one of the parts barely makes the grade. But with all three, I, I think something really impressive happens in an interview, and you increase the chances you get a better result. That's the reason to ask questions in an interview, right, is to get a better result, which is how good is this person? Do they meet our standard? And are they the best person that we can get for this job based on uh, the market that we're in? Yeah, and I love the fact that it's so short and direct. I mean, just three parts. Now, any manager listening now can do this. Just get the lead right and then ask the question about the behavior. Yeah, you can do this tomorrow. Yes, and oh dear me, yes, please do. (laughs) Okay, so where was I? Um, Okay, Um, the first part of the lead. It's often skipped, but it's there for a big reason. I mean, the question and the behavior really are the core of this thing, you could say, right? Because that's what we want, a question about behavior, because we believe behavior in the past is the best predictor of behavior in the future. Uh, I think we really need to do a cast about behavioral interviewing and the basics of it, although I don't know how actionable we could make it. uh, but but that lead is there for a big reason. The lead tells the candidate exactly what we're going to expect in the job. We're actually telegraphing what we're looking for. We are making it easy. Yeah, well, we're making it easy, but only for those who have what we're looking for. And, you know, this may be the most important idea in the cast. We can telegraph what we're expecting a candidate to do in the job because if they haven't done it, If they don't have what we want them to have, it will be obvious when we probe any answer that isn't based in direct and related experience. Frankly, we can telegraph all we want because the behavioral question is so simple in form, efforts to defeat it are easily spotted. And frankly, we want to make it easy for those that have the experiences we want. We've said it before, when decisions are tough, the decision support method that you use ought to basically, quote, spread the field, unquote. We want to make the worst performer as far from the best performer as we can get them to make the distinctions we have to make easy for us. Okay. Well, what about the question itself? I mean, this is actually a deceptive why, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Note that in our example, the question part is, tell me about a time when. You don't want to start with a who or a what or a why generally. Those are certainly good question words, and, and for many interview questions, you're going to use them but generally not for behavioral questions. Behavioral interview questions suggest the need for a narrative, a description, a longer answer than most candidates tend to deliver to who, what, why questions. 
We'll give more examples in a minute, but for now, the why is this. We ask the question in a way designed to encourage the candidate to tell us about a situation, an event, an occurrence, uh, versus simply telling us they have the skill we want, right? That'd be a short interview. Hey, are you a good leader? Yep. Uh, can you manage difficult situations well? Yep. Are you good with Excel? Yep. Okay, you're hired. Um, this is basically one of the tenets at the heart of behavioral interviewing. We want to hear a story, and then we want to be able to probe it to make sure that someone has what we're looking for. Okay. And how about the why behind the behavior, the third part? Basically, the behavior part of the question is closely related to the lead. They're almost identical. In the lead, we give the candidate an idea of what our job will require them to do. We're, tr we're telling them we do this here, right? In the behavior part, we state specifically what we're looking for from their answer, of course, from their past, right? What we're trying to do is match their past to behaviors we know are required in our job. It's couched in the form of a situation. What's interesting about this is that many candidates don't hear the behavior part of the question. They've heard the lead. They think they can just talk about a recent experience that matches what we've shared along the lines of, I've done that. And they either don't choose well, or frankly, they don't have what we're looking for, which is fine, right? The resume suggested that they did. And now that's the point of the interview. The point of interviewing is to rule people out, folks. If you haven't figured that out yet, sorry, but interviewing is about saying no. And the person who's left standing gets a yes, all of the things being equal. But that's okay, because if they don't have it, we want to know that. And if they do have it, but don't highlight it, we'll be probing their answer to see whether it's there. You know, at first, you know, you may not be good at it, but with practice, you'll get pretty good. So, okay. So let's get into the Frankenstein part of the cast, creating the simple behavioral question. First, let's talk about how to create part one, the lead. Okay. Uh, a little bit more detail here. There are really two parts to creating part one, the lead. The first is getting to the key activities that you expect from this role. And the second is actually crafting the wording, which is really pretty easy. Okay. So take the first part, the activities we expect from the role. Okay. Uh, you can do this in one of two ways. You can put your feet up and think about your average and your above average performers in the role they're in. Okay. Please don't bother thinking about the lower performers. Set the bar high. That's uh, We've done a cast on that. Surely it's been two or three years ago now. Um, uh, set the bar high. Okay. Look at your top and middle performers. Yeah. This is one of those cases where uh, sometimes the things that go without saying absolutely need to be said. Okay. So put your feet up and think of your average and above average performers and ask yourself any and or all of the questions below. Basically, what you're going to do is ask yourself these questions and then write down your answers while thinking of perhaps two to three members of your team one at a time. And here are the questions. If I followed this person around for a day, what would I see them do? What reports do they provide me about their work? And what do those reports suggest they're doing? What work product do they produce that I report on to the organization? What does my top performer do that makes her so good? And finally, what are the one to two metrics that this team lives and dies with? And what activities do they require? What this basically gives you is a whole lot of stuff. We'll call it stuff. They may not exactly be behaviors because you're not thinking about behaviors, but that's really okay. It might be stuff like running project meetings, produces C++ code for our core application, inspects bridges and compares them to published standards, creates new product ideas. 
Okay. All right. Before we get to the second part, though, crafting the words, you said that there were two ways to do this. What's, what's the other one? The other way is even easier. Ask your directs to answer the questions. You have to change the questions to their point of view, but that's easy enough, right? And by the way, give them no more than 48 hours to do it. We found that all the good work happens right in the beginning. And look, if anybody complains about the work that they're having to do this, console yourself with two important thoughts. This is the most important thing you do, Mr. or Ms. Manager. Interviewing people, hiring people is the most important thing you do. And they will suffer, your team will suffer as much as you do if you get it wrong. If you ask me, those are pretty big motivators. Yeah, high reward for doing it well and high risk for doing it poorly. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's worth prioritizing highly. All right, how about uh, crafting the wording? The easy part of part one, as I said, right? You simply put the stuff, the behaviors, if you've been that precise, into a lead-in statement, a standalone sentence, with an introductory phrase that often says, periodically we do this thing here. Let's give some examples. Quote, we often are required to come up with new product ideas, unquote. Quote, sometimes we have to recommend quality initiatives with lengthy presentation, unquote. Quote, frequently we're asked to deliver product to customers within narrow delivery times, unquote. Quote, we routinely have to persuade customers to think differently about pricing, unquote. Hopefully, everybody can hear the periodic word in each example, often, sometimes, frequently, routinely. That's a good way. It's not the only way, but it's a good way to launch into your lead-in sentence. That's the lead. Yeah, I know it will sound like us patting ourselves on the backs, but I don't mean to when I say that we, we make it seem easy. The fact is, there's all kinds of background that gives this approach its power that we're really not, we're not going into. Hey, it's like we think about this stuff all the bloody time. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay, how to create part two, the question. You have to love that the question is actually the easiest part of all three parts. Look, we make it easy. Simply choose from a prepared list. Yeah, and they're going to find the list right here. Why the heck not? Here you go. Tell me about a time when you describe a situation where you, when have you had to, Walk me through an experience where you share with me an example of you demonstrating. Give me an example of a time when you give me an example of a situation where you think of some time when you. Yeah. And there are probably some more that someone could use if they preferred them. Yeah, sure. But gee whiz, why? That's a classic example of being efficient at the expense of effectiveness. You can noodle all you want, folks, with these words, but the value of the question you're going to ask isn't really here. It's in the third part. The reason I like this part as much as the others is we just taken the risk out of it. Don't spend your time where there isn't a discrimination value. Just like don't invest your money where there isn't an upside and don't spend all your time with your weakest performer. Okay, easy enough. Now, on to how to create part three, the behavior. Easy enough here as well. Simply take those behaviors, that stuff from your work in prepping part one, and add it to the question that you started in part two. That's it? Yes. So part one and part three are pretty close to identical. Pretty close. If you use the exact same words, it might seem funny, so change them a bit. 
I promise you this, it's not rocket science. If they don't have what you're looking for, the wording of the question won't ruin your ability to see that. If they have it, you'll get it from them once you start probing a little bit. Maybe some examples would help people get uh, unstunned. Okay. We field all customer service requests here, and they're not always praise. Tell me about a time when you had to diffuse a difficult customer complaint. Sometimes new products are too expensive when first envisioned. Describe a situation where you defended an idea against budget constraints. Quality is what we're known for in the marketplace, but the sales force says sometimes we lose customers on price. When have you had to justify extra costs for higher quality? We are structured around cross-functional teams, which at times can make things harder. Walk me through an experience where you had to persuade rather than direct because you weren't the boss. We manage over 250 projects, and we often drown in work. Share with me an example of you demonstrated a clear goal and you ignored distractions. This is always a customer-driven culture, which can sometimes be challenging, frankly. Give me an example of a time when you defended customer needs that actually reduced our profits. Wow. Well, that was fast. Follow the structure, build three parts, anyone can do it. It's not as good as the tool. There's all more and more subtleties there, uh, but it's perfectly serviceable and way better than what almost everyone is doing now. And I just want to oh. shudder when I do that. <laughs> yeah. What we're suggesting is let's get off of zero. Let's get to one or two or even three. If you're really good and you apply this over time. Yeah, we can get you to seven or 10 with a tool and it's faster probably. Um, uh, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to get better right away. And anybody can do this. And yeah. it's free. Yep. Good. Okay, my turn to wrap up. A simple behavioral question sounds like, we field all customer service requests here and they're not always praised. Tell me about a time when you had to diffuse a difficult customer complaint. We talked about the three parts of a simple behavioral question and why. How to create part one, the lead, is think about behaviors or ask your team with the five questions and create an introductory sentence. Creating part two, the question, is pick from the list. That's easy. And in part three, the behavior, you follow part one's lead. That's it. Awesome. Can I add one more thing? Sure, go ahead. Folks, this is a big one. It's a big cast, but it's only almost as big as one-on-ones. Please, 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 if you're just joining Manager Tools, go back to the basics cast and start with one-on-ones. They're the most powerful manager tool in the world. Everything else gets better with them. Totally agree. Totally. Thanks, partner. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. That does it. Five simple steps on how to create a simple behavioral interview. I hope you use it starting tomorrow. We'll see you all again next week. So long. So long.